Welcome back to the Why God Podcast. Oh yeah. What's up everybody? Are you welcomed back? I know I am. Oh, <laughs> I'm pretty excited for this one. Why? I'm revved up, dude. I'm Lightning McQueen ready to I'm re- <laughs> I'm ready to go crazy. Okay, so what's up, Josiah? Well, we finished up what happens when you fall into sin last time. Bad. But happy, right? But Ooh, should we do we a have... recap on that? I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know you already want to say something. No, you're all good. But dude, okay. I felt like last I felt like the last episode, one, I was super tired. Two, I was like sort of preparing for it. And then when you said it out loud, you're like, what do we do when we fall into sin? All of a sudden, <laughs> I hit the speed bump where I was like, "Wait a second, why am I not perfect?" Because that I've ex- now that I've accepted Jesus, like it was like the stupidest question yeah. for me. But I was like, "Why am I such a disappointment, dude?" For real, <laughs> I was like, "Bro, why? Why?" Like, I read the Bible, and this is what it says: new creation, no wine, no old wine, and new wine skin, mm-hmm. like all the stuff, new life. Newborn little baby child of God, all this stuff. I'm like, bro, why am I not perfect? And why am I not like uh, all this stuff? And then, okay, that's why we need the recap because I had to clarify that I like, I was straight up like, what? Why am I not perfect now? And that's because, well, now I don't know how to describe it well, but I think just because of the grace of God and the mercy of God, He knows we're mm-hmm. human, He knows we are going to fall short. But the new creation part is what you fix your eyes on. What is your soul? Where you're storing up your treasures? Like all the other stuff that the Bible says, is that what it was? Ooh, and this is why I'm so happy that I just said that. Because you have to take the Bible at its whole context. Yes. And you can't get so caught up in each nitty gritty verse because then you separate it from everything else and you only live by one verse like, oh, now I have to be perfect. I mean, yes, yes, we should strive for the perfection and strive to follow, keep all the commands and love our neighbor and all this stuff and die to ourselves, But... It's like you can't just say that it's all over now that you've sinned one time because you got to understand the full Bible and the full context and everything and understand the grace of God. Yeah, and when you get into that mode of being too, trying to be too perfect, you become too legalistic. Mm -hmm. For example, this guy came up to me like two weeks ago and he was telling me, I thought his denomination was like, some special Passover emphasis, but it was actually just a cult. Oh, what? <laughs> I was looking into it. Okay, just for clarification, this guy, I go to college, and he comes up to me, 7 o'clock in the morning, I'm just trying to walk to my class, walk Did to you know my him job. Before? No, I've never met him before. Oh, but he's one of those uh, evangelists, ah. but Christian cult. Oh, that's so scary. Yeah. And they come up to you, and the first thing he said was, can I show you, um, well, I'm a Christian, can I, like, share with you my faith? I was like, oh, that's sick. Like, I'm not trying to get in the way of that. And he showed me this presentation where it was called, um, what does it mean to be sealed? And essentially, being sealed in their interpretation is being, it means you're going to heaven. And they're using the Passover as an emphasis, like, if you don't do Passover on, like, the 14th day 
of the Jewish calendar with wine and bread specifically, you are going to hell. It's like you just got to do your communion kind of thing. And they said that communion in regular churches don't count because it's not on the exact day with the exact um, bread and wine. Interesting. That's interesting because it's like, it's like, oh yeah, like if somebody was like, hey, you want some bread and wine to celebrate our Lord? I'm like, yeah, I'm down. They're like, hey, you want to do it on this specific day? I'd be like, yeah, I'm down. But then if you're like, <laughs> you have to do it on this day or your soul is lost. I'm like, ooh, you, you don't got me there, buddy. And the thing is, I was, a- I was asking him, what happens when you, what, what happens to pastors that are locked up in jail and don't have access to take the Passover, to take um, communion? Hmm. And, and he couldn't give me an answer because you know, because you know what the answer leads to. It means that that guy's going to hell. Yeah. Well, that's literally, you could say that like, I mean, yeah. Like what if you're in just some country where they just don't have any wine at hand on the day that you need the wine and you just don't have access? Are you saying like, are you writing off every person who doesn't have bread or access to wine? a lot of people yes yes you are that's insane and they said um people don't follow it because the real church was a real church back when jesus was around and everyone denies the truth and that's why they don't do it crazy but he said that but what if it transforms in your body (laughs) okay sorry they actually they they don't believe that but they believe and this guy named Christ Song Wong. I, I definitely pronounced that wrong. Is he Chinese? He's Korean. Chinese. And at first, when, when the guy brought that up, he was talking about the second coming when Jesus will return. He said, um, Christ Song Wong uh, return. And I thought he was just like saying a Korean translation for Jesus. <laughs> but no, it's a totally it's a different, different person. It's a totally different person that they are tricked into believing is that will bring the truth. Yeah. It's so, okay, this is the thing. Especially when we get into false teachers and everything. I know for a fact the American church that we are in is by no means perfect. And that's why you got to believe in the Bible and you got to believe in God, not the church. You can be a part of the church and you strengthen your brothers and sisters and all this stuff. But I know for a fact no church is perfect. And the thing is, though, that's why you have to rely on Scripture. But, like, some of these things that just come out of like yes. but where are you getting this stuff like did what is happening like if jesus if you're trusting in jesus right but jesus is like hey bro i'm the fulfillment of scripture and then we have the whole old testament like dude your references are like everything you need to have your foundation and not get tricked is right there and yet there's all these weird like shootoffs and culty like wolves in sheep's clothing like bro what where are you getting off man it's so weird it's weird how they twist scripture and uh, <laughs> and mike winger the guy who um like oh i like that guy yeah he's good and he, he went deeper into the whole cult they're called oh um, really so like, it's like a famous something something missionary of god wow. i definitely uh butchered cool that name but he said their church was trying to sue him. <laughs> really? So I hope we don't get sued. But God, you got us. Hey, bro. Take all my money. You ain't taking my treasures, boy. Well, okay, this is a question I have about that. So do they have other weird things? Or do you think that 
Uh, okay, I feel yes, like I they, answered Yes, my, they do. I feel like I answered my question already, but I was going to ask, do you think those guys go to heaven? Because they're like, I mean, <laughs> yeah, but I'm sure they got some wackadoo things. I think not. <laughs> oh, and that's sad. That's why, guys, if you're listening, honestly, it comes down to a simple thing. Like, pray, fast, read your Bible. I think it helps you, the prayer, fasting, understand the Bible, your reading of the Bible, so you understand God, you get close to him. You spend communion with them, spend time in the community, but don't let your community shape you. Don't let the spirits in the in the trees in the forest shape you. Like there's a lot of weird stories where people are like, I came to this conclusion because I was talking to the spirits in the forest. Like, nah, bro, pray to God. Passion translation. <laughs> <laughs> shout out, shout out the boy. Pray to God. Really listen and understand and read your Bible. Holistically, yes. Don't understand it. What is it? The eisegesis versus exegesis. Yeah, you can't just read one scripture and cherry pick it to fit your agenda. And even we do that sometimes. Mm-hmm. But uh, but it's the it's the humility in understanding yes. that. Oh shoot! I could be really dropping the ball here, but being able to tread the water at the end of the day, like peak wisdom, is fearing God. And so, like, I think you see the difference when it's like, when it's like, oh, man, I'm going to trust what I say on this one. Or I'm going to trust my heart and my feelings, even though they're the most deceptive things in me. I'm going to trust that over God, over what I feel like God wants. Or, like, some people are like, I saw a thing. I'm not going to get into it because it's, it's like a political thing. I saw a thing on um, Instagram and yeah. it, was like, it was like, I came to this conclusion because I asked God. I'm like, ooh, that's pretty good. That's pretty fire. But then it's like you you ask God, but then you said something that's completely opposite of what the Bible said. Mm. So at the end of the day, and it wasn't, trust me guys, it wasn't like it wasn't like, oh, you just took this passage out of context and all this stuff. It's like, no, that was straight up the opposite of what the Bible yes. has said. And you can see that in so many accounts. Like Jesus lived his life a completely different opposite way than what you just said. And so I was like, eh, that's so weird. Because that doesn't make any sense. Like if there's one thing to know, is that what God's going to tell you and what Scripture is going to tell you is going to be the same thing. So if they don't align, maybe there's more praying you need to do there. Maybe there's more digging you need to do there. Or maybe we just yourself. won't. Maybe we just won't understand it in this lifetime. Mm. Like I, I don't want to get into the free will versus predestination, but essentially, there's both. And well, I believe there's both, and you can't really explain it to the full extent Ooh. where you can't understand it. But going back take. to Ice to Jesus and taking the word and applying it to your own agenda, that's that's why you have to read the Bible and you have to take it in context because you can have a lot of different beliefs and a lot of different uh subsection subsections of a of a religion. <laughs> Because you're just taking it into your own in- interpretation without mm-hmm. any, without any, without anyone to correct you. Yeah. <laughs> to that's why a lot of these false religions, these Christian cults, I Christian cults on campus. It's sad to say, <laughs> they just they have a lot of books that they, a lot, they have a lot of books that they regard as authority that aren't even the Bible. They mm-hmm. they will listen to a leader that is not in the Bible that is not really a Christian. That's leading them astray and they'll take their word and they'll take their word to interpret the Bible instead of letting the Bible interpret. It's a form the, of the idolatry. Pastor. Yeah. At the end of the day. 
which is scary. Yeah, that's the thing. Got to prioritize God in a lot of ways, in everything. But going back, like I said, if you take it too far on the, I have to be perfect and I can't sin, and you become too legalistic to the point to the point of you're not even following the law, you're not even trying to be good. By having a relationship with God, you're just trying to keep all these rules. Yeah. But the rules is not to go to heaven. The rules is to point out your sin. Yeah. Well, that's the law, 100%. And because uh, that's the narrow road. I mean, metaphorically speaking, is like there's, don't want to be over legalistic. And now just speaking about my own personal life, like you don't want to be over legal, overly legalistic where you lose your communion and relationship with God and you leave, you leave behind like loving your neighbor and all these basic commands because you're so focused on like, Oh, well, their shirt was too short today. And you just like want to dog them up. Yeah. But then there's also a, a place where it's like, but I am trying to be like Christ more and more. So I have to hold myself to a standard where I'm not blending in with the world. If a random person looks at me, but like, and see, that's why it's like, they're not, the Bible doesn't contradict itself, like you were saying, which is so fire, but it's like you have to find that narrow road and like the convictions that God places in your own heart and all the things that, whatever it might be, your soul, I don't know. But like defining between, yeah, just like this is basic daily human Christian living is like you gotta, don't wanna swing the pendulum too crazy or else you branch off in this thing or in this other yes. way. And that's why like you gotta keep your eyes focused on Jesus, not the rules, not just his grace and love, but on Jesus and on God and the Holy Spirit. I feel like I have to throw the Trinity in there. Yeah. But to recap, last week we were talking about how oh, yeah. to... That's what we were doing. <laughs> how to... What to do when you fall into sin. And what we were saying is to confess it to others. Not that you have to legalistically, mm-hmm. but that the Bible tells us to carry each other's burdens that what's the verse to um, confess your sins to one another and you will be healed. Yes. Conf- confess your sins to one another and you will be healed. Mm. Sin likes to hide in the dark. So if you go to your brother or sisterhood and you let them carry your burdens and you, you know, you support each other in each other's sin then you can help each other grow, get past it mm-hmm. and to defeat sin. Yeah. That's fire. And that's another tangent I could go on. Yeah. Just about the importance of community, man. Because with God, all things are possible. Like, you don't need nobody. You just need God. I love that stuff. I love it when people say that. But at the same time, dude, your community is here and there for a reason. Like, mm-hmm. healing, for wisdom, for all this stuff, for guidance, for, like, prayer, all these things. Like, just community, too. It's a huge one. But that's all I'll say about it now. Maybe another podcast. Yeah. Because... Okay, next podcast, we'll do something like two people that that feel like they don't need to go to church. Yes, that's a big one. Yeah, community is important. But on top of confession, it's taking responsibility and moving forward in a way that Mm -hmm. won't cause you to stumble into sin. Yeah. Whether that's accountability groups and community or whether that's cutting off your arm metaphorically and staying away from habits or situations or locations that will drag you into sin. Ooh. Oh. Mic drop. Dude. Oh, man. Can I go down one more tangent? Do it. This 
is what, okay, yes. I remembered something. I forgot about this earlier today, but I was reading my Bible and praying today, and it came to mind about, like, your activity, act, activeness in the Lord. God does all this stuff. He delivers, like, Israel from Egypt, but they still got to walk. You know, it's that yep. basic understanding. And just like what you're saying, like, you got to confess, and it's not easy. And I don't know why some people are still so confused about, like, oh, the grace of God saved me, it covers me, all the stuff, I don't have to do anything, no need works, nothing. I'm like, yeah, we know the Bible says that, but remember, back to entirety, read the whole thing as it is. Like, you have to be proactive in your faith. And it's like, like, confession, you have to deny yourself, deny your all these mm. things, and really, like, like, to kill a part of you is to be like, here, let me offer it onto the altar kind of vibe. Yes. And so, I mean, thank you for reminding me of that, but I've been thinking about that so much. It's just like, yeah, you gotta, you gotta be active in your faith and who you are. And that's one thing. Don't be, don't be so focused. I'm going back to it. Don't be so focused on your actions, AKA leaning into legalism and rules and every like step you take, every move you make, thinking God be watching you. And you don't want to be, you don't want to be thinking like, oh, I'm so covered by grace. I could sleep in my bed all day for the rest of my life and die and go to heaven. Like, maybe that might work. But ultimately, like, they're, like, is it beneficial for the kingdom of God to do, be lazy or do all this stuff? Like, like, like go and yeah. be and do and strive in your faith. Strive to be like Christ again. Okay. That, that brings me to another tangent because... I, I think there was a. It's all connected. It was an experiment where this guy, he was paid by scientists to stay to stay in oh, bed for what fifty days? Yeah, oh like, no, it was like a few months or something. Probably, we'll say a year, a year. Sheesh. And his motor functions started shutting down, or yeah, yeah, he started he started to lose basic functions, and he was getting really weak. Like, what do you expect when you're laying in bed all day and you're not? moving your body mm-hmm. in the same way if god gives you a gift like how the master gives the three servants their talents and gifts and money mm. you're not putting it to use well it's going to be taken away yeah Ooh, and give it through oh dude and see that's the thing okay now we're <laughs> on fire now we're cooking <laughs> this is the thing that makes me frustrated sometimes is like the critical, uh, I don't know if I'm using this word. Race theory. Like the critical, <laughs> Just what? Just kidding. Critical race theory. <laughs> no, like um, this. it's like the semantics of how people say things. They're like, God didn't help me. I did this all on my own. And just going to use Israel and Egypt for an example. It's mm. like, God's like, I delivered you from Egypt. And it's like, yes. And they walked. They walked out of Egypt. They crossed the thing. It's like God wasn't dragging them by their heels. Like, dude. You actually have to walk. But the thing is, you can't get so cocky as to think just you walking is what split the sea. Yes. Vibe. Like, or just you leaving Egypt was by your own will. And so it's like, dude, there's stuff that I don't even know where I'm like, oh, I think God just opened the door. And the thing is like, you know, they say, well, you got to walk through the door. I mean, about this walking out your faith is so important is like, is like, and nobody's just going to drag you around. Like You're going to lose your functions. You're going to lose your faith. You're going to lose your your relationship with God if you don't do nothing about it. 
It's like the man of the bed. And I think it's like crazy because some people are like, I used to be that critical guy where a guy would win a football match and he's like, all glory to God. I'm like, what the freak is he giving glory to God? He just played a football game. Like, that's not that. I mean, it's cool mm. that he's giving glory to God. But I'm like, dude, why didn't you give glory to God and go beat a homeless person? Like, I mean, I was just super critical. But the thing is, like, dude, literally in all things, like, made ways to Christ. Like, like, sorry, guys. I came out swinging today. Let's go. Had a little bit too much water, too much agua. But I was like, I was like, oh, yeah. Like, all, all things are glory to God. Like, who knows if, like, from the time I was born, just me being raised and living my life, grace of God. On our lives, even if you have a hard time, grace of God. Like, God, God is the one who is in charge. And it is by our yeah. faith and our actions and these things, I don't know, that we get from one place to another. And so, yeah. yeah. Going back to what, or Keep trailing off of what you said about... Um, how the Israelites had to walk through, or you know, God gives us the the steps and the locate. He gives us the steps and the plan, and we follow it. And then we're like, "Oh, that was on my will. That was because I did something." It was like, how are you going to take credit for walking when God gave you legs? You know, <laughs> you. you mm. And I kind of mm. go uh, even on the opposite side of denying God. How are you, how are you going to speak out against God? When he gave you your mouth, you know? Oh, yeah. And that's that's what I want to get into is how we're supposed to portrait. God made us in the image of himself, in the image of God. And sometimes we portray a different image, yeah. which I think can count as denying God. <gasps> it's like, you know, we're using the, our own free will that he gave us to rebel against him. Oh. You don't feel convicted. <laughs> it's super humbling. Because even, all right, story time. About 21 minutes ago, Josiah was telling uh, Josiah was telling me how good the um, podcast has been doing. And just, I mean, it's our fourth episode or something. He was like, yeah, we got this many viewers and all this stuff. And I'm like, nice. We're pretty funny, guys. We're pretty smart, guys. And I'm like, freak, dude, now I'm sitting here. I'm like, dang. Obviously, we want to be humble about it, but like, no, like, we actually, I like now I'm actually like, oh, I'm a little like, I'm like, oh yeah, okay, we're not gonna post, we're not gonna brag. It's all podcast about God for God, but now I'm like, dang, like the, the phones that we have, just like, God, the everything, like yeah. our voice, our everything that we've learned up until this moment, like our characters, like just our personalities in general, it's all like, it's all God, and so now I'm like, shoot. Super convicted because that's the thing. Like, it's humbling when you realize that everything was given to us. Mm, and our own lives. When it comes down to free will, this is reading from the book of Josiah. You don't have to. <laughs> you don't have to take it word for word, but free will is kind of an illusion because the more you start to connect with God and trust Him and put Him as your number one, the more you want to read link relinquish your freedom to him mm -hmm. and become a servant or slave under god exactly because he's good yeah amen because what does paul say he's like we go from being a slave to sin and a slave to the world we're freed but so that we can become slaves slave to righteousness come on amen. like we're slaves to who is our master god christ but it's so much different than anything ever because he is god 
the creator of everything, the warlord, <laughs> king of kings. Like, bro, are you kidding me? Like, I get to be a slave? Sick. <laughs> like, I get to be chilling in your house and doing all this stuff. Like, I know people who would – who's a famous person right now? I don't even know. Ryan Reynolds? <laughs> Ryan Reynolds? Like, I know some – well, I was thinking more teenage girl status, like a Justin Bieber. But, oh, Taylor Swift is still popping right now. Mm. I know so – okay, <laughs> dude. I know so many, like, people – I'm saying people because it's not just girls. That yes. would would probably pay money to be a slave for Taylor Swift. Like, to, not I, a slave, but I can let's think talk of some right now. housemaid. Yeah. Dude, my – shout out, Sam. Shout out my little sister. <laughs> we were talking about this yesterday. She's like, you're hating on Taylor Swift and all this stuff. I'm like, bro. You're loving Taylor Swift too much. But it's like, I know some people, not saying she would be a slave to Taylor Swift for money, but there's some people who would pay to clean her toilets, right? Because it's Taylor Swift. And it's like, bro, I would pay with my life to clean God's toilets. kind mm, of like, yeah. but what does he ask to do? He just asks us to love our neighbor and to love him and all the things will trickle down. I know there's all these, all these people who might be like, nah, there's all these other rules. And it's like, yes, but from the heart of it, comes those two things in it and not saying that but well whatever i'm saying strive to be like christ because he he's literally the super awesome cool guy and i think that's where people get mixed up is you take your eyes off jesus you forget how cool and awesome he is you forget how like amazing and how much dominion and power and sovereign and loving and all these things and holy and set apart from all the rest he is and then you just think he's just some other religious head but now, well, that's the strategy of the enemy of mm. making so much duplicates, so much like counterfeits of God, where you can't even tell him apart from the rest. Which obviously, if you, well, for us, we know which one is the real one. Amen. Which is the one God. that died and came back to life three days yeah. later. Things are fifty. <laughs> but if you haven't grown up Christian or you haven't experienced that, how will, how will you tell apart the real from the fake? Mm-hmm. Oh. Because you don't know the real, bro. You don't spend enough time with the real. That would be my encouragement to you guys as we close this off right now. Because we're done. We've said everything that needs to be said. <laughs> spend time. Dude, if, you're not, if you are listening to this podcast for one hour and you haven't read your Bible for one hour, or at least spend some time thinking about God or, or praying about God or journaling or whatever it is, I'd say do that first. Is, this is like a, this is like a if, you, if you need to. If you're listening to this whole podcast and you haven't spent five minutes with Jesus today, take a pause from this. Listen to him before you listen to us. But no, we're actually not done with the podcast. But if that's what you need, I would say, I would say that is way more important than Isaac and Josiah. Yes, we would rather you go to the source and than just listening to us and have you. Oh man, we cook into that. I don't know, like saying that you can't just put your faith in man and in what people say. Because if you do that, you could be led down the wrong path. And I'd rather have you drink from the source, from the living water, oh, instead of just taking it from our words. You can use us as an example of where to go, but essentially go back to the Bible, go back to the Word, go back to Jesus when you're drawing your source of faith and love. Mm -hmm. 
We're just little arrows trying to point to God. Mm, I like that. Like it. Like it. Love it. Wow. That's fire. Do you have anything else to say, or should we get into some of the questions that we started? First question? With? Yeah, sure. Little transition, guys. First question. And if you don't know, we have a section in Spotify where you can ask questions for future podcasts. And we actually try to read it. Yes. So the first question we have is besides Jesus, who is our favorite Bible character? Do you want to start off? Um, I, sure. I'll start off. Man, well, Jesus is a pretty good character. And, um, hmm. Okay, I'm only taking so long because there's quite a few. There's a lot. I know. And I don't know which one is the coolest to, stay, to say. But I'll kind of just, I just got to go through a list of them, a few of them. And a lot of them are Old Testament characters. Fire off. Yeah, because Jesus is, you know, favorite New Testament character. Mm. Well, I'll, I'm, anyways. I thought Bathsheba was pretty good. Dude. <laughs> just kidding. Speaking of Bathsheba. All right, I'll start with, we got a list. Some honorable mentions before I get into the deep. Uriah, bro. Bathsheba's husband, bro. Solid. What a G. Solid man. I mean, I don't know what he was doing in war, kill a lot of people. For the name of the glory of God. But, and all these things, he went to war. But man, when he came back, for, for context, for whoever hasn't read the story of David and Bathsheba, um, basically, David, the king of Israel, sees this lady bathing on the roof. He's like, dang, look at that, babe. He's like, hey, come over. They do some nasty stuff that you shouldn't do. She's got a husband, a.k.a. Uriah. Then uh, she gets prego. Oh, my gosh. David's like, oh, got to get rid of this. Is this MTV? Got it? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, come on. What is this, Jersey Shore? <laughs> and then, sorry, no diss on Jersey Shore. Uh, actually, too worldly. But then, oh, man, now I sound legalistic. Anyways, okay, focus. So, basically, then he's like, oh, man, if I get Uriah a little tipsy maybe i can convince him that the baby's his and all this stuff and doesn't work out then he's just like all right i i guess i gotta kill this guy but by killing him by sending him to the front line of the war that was going on at the time oh i'm jumping all over the place but basically before that david feels a little bad so he's like i'm gonna let uriah have the best night of his life throws him a little party and then he's like dude go home and sleep have a great time and rest up. And Uriah, this is why I think he's so cool. He's like, how can I go home and have a great time when all my friends, all my comrades yeah. are fighting in the war right now? So he goes and he sleeps on the steps of the palace. It's just so like, that's a man, oh. dude. That's what I think a man would do. And David still sends him out. Dude, freaking David. David's a cool guy, you know, a lot of faith. Some other, I'm just thinking of some underrated boys too, but Job. Man. David overrated. David, he's overrated. I mean, he's still pretty cool. Still really cool. Great <laughs> example. Man after God's own heart. Cool guy. But who else? Job. Love Job because so much suffering, dude. Yeah. <laughs> and still for him to stay faithful, it's awesome. And then, okay, what do I, who do I really, I really love um, Jacob. Got Jacob. him tattooed on my leg. Like, Jacob. And I like Jacob because I feel like when I was reading it, when I was reading it, I was like, oh, this guy is like, he starts off 
when you read the story of Jacob, you're kind of like, oh, Jacob kind of sucks. Like, he's always, like, cheating people out of stuff. You know, the birthright thing with Esau. sells him. Esau sells his birthright. I feel like I got to explain the character. Sorry. Do it. Esau sells his birthright to Jacob for, like, some some soup. Soup. And you're like, bro. But Jacob, like, why would you do that to your own brother? Like, must have been some some pretty good soup. I know. (laughs) Portuguese bean soup for sure. Shout out Zippy's. <laughs> Not sponsored. Not sponsored, but hey, Zippy's, if you want to sponsor us, let me some chili and rice and some Portuguese bean soup. Anyways, holy smokes, I got to stay focused. <laughs> Where did we go? Anyways, Jacob, this crazy little dude, dude, he always seems like this little shysty guy and he like tricks his dad and all this stuff. But there comes a time where Jacob sort of starts to get things together. And I don't know, I just really like eh, his character development, but too, just like, I guess what he reveals about God and how God even treats us as a little disobedient, a little shysty, a little like, just like, wait, is that a bad word? No. Oh, I'm thinking of who shysty. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like, like, yeah, Jacob to me, I feel like, I feel like I relate a lot to him and I think that's why I like him so much. And I think. I mean, to wrestle an angel and be like, to wrestle God and be like, hey, bless me. I don't know. I just think that's so like, it's like, bro, why, how are you asking that? What's the verse? Um, he, he's the man that wrestled with God and still, and still and, came out limping. I can still speak about it. Dude. I'm going to find the verse. Okay. Yeah. You find it. But that, I mean, come on. There's something so cool about that, that I just, I don't know. It's kind of motivational, but two is. Just his character and all this stuff. And then he gets the name change to Israel. And just look at how that turned out. Pretty well, I guess. And then, hmm. I don't know. Jesus is a cool character. I'll let you, I'll let you take it away. For... <laughs> you got some New Testament people for us. Man. Oh, he's looking for the verse. So I guess, dude, I'll keep going. Oh, no, no. Go, go. I, I, I can just cut out this part, too. Oh no! I'll tell. I'll keep telling more stories. Who else do I like? Jacob, yeah. But let's check. New Testy. Hmm. I actually forget who it was. Peter or Paul? But when they're in Acts, when they're worshiping, I gotta look this up too. I'll look it up later. When they're worshiping and stuff in the in the house, and they're eating food, and then somebody falls out of the window. And he's just like, oh yeah. And he, the guy dies. Is this Peter or Paul? Paul. Paul. Okay, sorry. As it you was, can see, we're humans. It was an axe. <laughs> yeah, it is an axe. And then he's just like, he runs out down to the to the bottom floor. Like, oh oh. So somebody, some dude's eating food, falls out of the window, falls asleep, falls out of the window. Yep. Dies. And I just think it's so funny because he's just like, he's like, no, he's just sleeping. Picks him up, and then he just like wakes him up. Brings them back to life, and then they just go back to having a grand old time. It's just such a funny story. I I like all those stories in the Bible of resurrection where they're like, "Oh, they're just sleeping. Just tell them to wake up." They're just so nonchalant. Uh, Jairus's daughter. Jesus goes. Oh yeah, yeah. Like wake up. It's like, it's like no, no, guys. She, she's only sleeping, you guys. Everyone's like crying, brother. Just get her some steak, bro. She just had too much melatonin. <laughs> 
He's off that melee. <laughs> yeah. Alright, I found the verse. Mm. Let's hear it. Genesis 32. It says, Then the man said, Your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. Jacob said, Please tell me your name. But he replied, Why do you ask my name? Then he blessed him there. So Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, It is because I saw God face to face, and yet my life was spared. Mm. Isn't that so crazy? I'm going to put that on a shirt. <laughs> Dude, you should. I'd wear it. Man. Yeah, I mean, there's just something so, like, his story is just so cool. Oh, dude. Okay, back to the Old Testament. I feel like Old Testament has just got the cool character. I mean, Jesus it, it is a, it, it is everybody. A, it is the setup for the whole Bible. Okay. But, dude, oh, I got to give my I gotta give my girl Esther some love. Because, man, there's just one line. There's just one line where Mordecai, her, her uncle cousin, is like, uncle cousin parent is like, hey, dude, you got to go talk to Got to go talk to the king. And basically the dilemma is if you go to the king and he doesn't like reach out a scepter to you, then you get killed. And she's like, hey, I still got to talk on behalf of my people. And then she she delivers just such a fire verse where she's just like, if I die, I, I die. die. Dude, and something about just that confidence is so cool. Like you hear David say it. He's like, he's like well, I got to go fight for <laughs> Got to go fight for my God. And just like, dude, when people like, like the Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and they're like, you can throw us in the fire. And if, and we know our God's going to save us. But if he doesn't, we burn. Come on, baby. All glory to God. <laughs> like, let my body be an incense. <laughs> but you know, I don't know. There's just something so cool about mm -hmm. that confidence. And so to have confidence in the right place. Yeah. What do you got? Sorry. For me. <laughs> I like to pick people that are more underrated, not the big guys like Moses or Peter or Paul, of course. My favorite Bible character has to be, besides Jesus, has to be Joshua. Shout out to my buddy Josh. Come on, Big J. <laughs> but Joshua, if you don't know, so Moses leads the Israelites out of Egypt, across the Red Sea, and the, the people are complaining. And at one point, Moses is fed up. He strikes the rock to get water, but he's angry. He strikes the rock and... Fresh water. Fresh water? Well, he strikes the rock, and it wasn't... Wait, Moses? Well, when he doesn't whisper to the rock uh, the second time? And then he dies? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Moses... Moses basically, right? He did it once already. Like, all the Israelites were like, we're thirsty, we're thirsty. And so God's like, smack this rock, and then water will come out. And then they have water. And then it happens again, and they're like, we're thirsty, we're thirsty. And instead, this time, God's like, hey, you got to whisper to the rock. Speak to the rock, and it will flow. But Moses was so mad at the Israelites that he hits the rock again. And still, even though the water came out, regardless, because God still provide, even in our doofusness, God still be providing. But then God's like, hey, Moses, since you did that, kind of messed up my vibe. Not messed it up, my, not messed up his plan, but like, hey Moses, even though you did that, we still gotta like, uh, still some retributions, and for that you will see the promised land, but you don't get to enter it. And then that's when, like, he dies at the end of Deuteronomy, I think, after he like, because then Moses goes and he like, I don't think this is, I think there's still time between that, 
but then they get they basically get to the promised land 40 years has gone by all this stuff the gen the old generation has died and moses gives his three sermons deuteronomy and then gets up looks at the thingy and he dies but yeah. basically just to say in his anger he didn't do what god said to do Thank you for clarifying. Sorry, that. no, you're, I'm glad you came up with that. That story baffles my mind. Ah, that's another podcast. But essentially, Moses dies, and Joshua has to carry on Moses's mission, his legacy, which is to lead the Israelites into the Promised Land, which is the land of the Canaanites, if I'm correct. Mm-hmm. And a couple other people. Yeah. But I think God's like, ah, I don't care. I'll just have no mercy on them. Take them out. And if you don't know, Joshua is the English name for Yeshua. Yeshua, which means that Joshua and Jesus both come from the same name. And if I'm correct, it's Yehoshua. I'm not too good with the and, Yeah, and what, what I'm trying to say is that Joshua is kind of the Old Testament Jesus that leads the people into the promised land because Moses failed to. And what a lot of scholars are saying that Moses is kind of the he is the representation of the law. That's why they say the law of Moses, that you know, Jesus comes to fulfill the law, not mm-hmm. to you know, bring it, uh, not to destroy it, but to fulfill it. And when that, Dude. the law will pass. But what I'm saying is that the law failed to bring the people into the promised land, which is why Joshua, or you can say Jesus, had to take over and bring them into the promised land instead. Yes, and I just I love that parallel of Jesus, even in the Old Testament. Joshua parallel to Jesus in the Old Testament, saving his people and bringing them to the Promised Land. Like how Jesus will bring us into heaven when we fail to live up to the law. And it's kind of a summary of the whole gospel that because we couldn't live up to the law, Jesus had to come to take us to take us into into the Promised Land. Mm. And no, that's fire. I feel like there's something else, but... Keep going. He, no, no, it what? It doesn't come to mind. And that makes Joshua your favorite, because he's Old Testament Jesus. Yes. <laughs> Not to be heretical or anything, but the parallel is crazy. And that's why, too, dude, straight up, Galatians, let me read this for you guys. I don't see exactly where it is, but I know Galatians got some bangers. But it, over here, Galatians 3, which is after Jesus had died, which is... Years and years and years and years and mm-hmm. I don't know, like a thousand years after Joshua had delivered them. Probably more than a thousand years. I don't know the timeline exactly, but a long time after Joshua had done such. And then a, long, a little while after Jesus had died for the sins of the world so that we can go to the promised land, a.k.a. heaven. But, okay, this is what, this is what Paul says in Galatians 3. It says, O foolish Galatians. Who has cast an evil spell on you for the meaning of Jesus Christ's death was made as clear to you as you had seen a as you had seen a picture of his death on the cross. Let me ask you this one question. Which, first of all, straight up, dude, so many people are like, where's the evidence that Jesus died? Where's the evidence that Jesus died? But oh, oh my gosh, that just says something. Says something important. But anyways, let me finish. Let me ask you this one question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by obeying the law of Moses? Of course not. You received the Spirit because you believed the message you heard about Christ. Ah, no diss on Moses, but then he keeps going. He says, how foolish can you be after starting your new lives in Christ or in the Spirit 
Why are you now trying to become perfect by your own human effort? Have you experienced so much for nothing? Surely it will not in vain. Was it? Like he's being so sarcastic. Does I ask you again, does God give you the <laughs> Holy savage. Spirit? Dude, he's pretty, he's legit with him. He says, I ask you again, does God give you the Holy Spirit and work miracles among you because you obey the law? Of course not. It is because you believe the message you heard about Christ. And oh my gosh, dude, I, I want to keep reading. Okay, I'll read this last. I'll read. In the same way, Abraham believed God and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. The real children of Abraham then are those who put their faith in God. Not the Israelites, not all these people who follow the rules. It's the, those who put their faith in God. Because now we're just preaching the gospel. What's more, the scriptures looked forward to this time when God would make the Gentiles right in his sight because of their faith. Gentiles, that's you and me, unless you're Jewish. Because then you're the Jews. God proclaimed this good news to Abraham long ago when he said, All nations will be blessed through you. So all who put their faith in Christ share the same blessing Abraham received because of his faith. And dude, that just goes back to what we were talking about at the very beginning of the thing. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, dude, your main goal is what? It's not the legalism. It's not the law. The law does have its thing. It got you here to this point. But what it is won't get the you saving? In. What is the saving grace? It's Jesus. It's Jesus. And it's you really having the faith in Jesus. Ugh, I'm getting the okay. goosebumps, man. I finally remember the second thing. Go for it. So back to Moses and Joshua. Okay. So Moses... Um, they're fighting. I fear, I forget which army they are fighting. It's the one of the something mites. <laughs> That's all of them. <laughs> no, I'm sure. And in order to win the battle, they need to uphold Moses's hands. Mm. And but while Moses is having his arms raised by his sons, I think it was Aaron and Ur. Joshua is in the battle fighting those guys. Ooh. So maybe it's eisegetical. Maybe it's heresy. But it's, it's, kind of, it's, it's kind of an image of God upholding the law, which is Moses, and having Jesus fight the battle. Oh, come on. That's not a stretch at all. And that's, that's why I love Joshua. Just, oh, it's just so many... So many foreshadowing to the gospel <laughs> to Jesus. And this is funny because, so the question was, besides Jesus, who's your favorite thing? But you chose the person <laughs> who reminded you the most of Jesus. And that's why it's so, and that's why it's so good because it shows like, oh, like your favorite person still is Jesus <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> at the end of the day, which is cheating. No, I'm just joking. But it's so cool because like, oh man, Joshua is a pretty cool guy. Like, like, look at that, man. I was, I was going to pop off, but I am out of breath. <laughs> oh, and when you're talking about the law, I'm in, in my Hebrew class, I asked my Hebrew professor about sa- animal sacrifice and about the law and legalism, and he said that, oh, no, people get it wrong. Uh, the law, when it says Torah, it doesn't mean the law, but it means instruction that it's really a law of love point you to God. But interesting. I'm not too sure where to go with that. But based on looking at his life, he's a reformed Jew, which means that he breaks away from some of the traditions and rules of his congregation and of his people, which means that 
Okay, my question is, if it's a law of love, why did you have to break away from it? And why did you have to uh, step away from your church to follow it, you know, if, if it's such a law of love? Yeah. Well, I think it does. It comes back to perspective. Like, whose law do you want to fulfill? Your own sometimes. And no diss on this man. But I get like that, too. Like, oh, there's all these rules. I just want to do my own thing. Like, because who's your God? Me. It's like in that moment, mess up. Got to come back to Christ. Well, that is interesting because, I mean, I do believe the law was made out of love because God made it. And it's not like he made his own. It's not like he made the law to be his enemy. Even though the Pharisees, we kind of see it looking that way when they are always questioning Jesus. But at the end of the day, it's like the law was there to help God get his message across, to point out the yeah. sin, like you said. And so it's like, it is sort of the love law, but at the end of the day, still what brings you to heaven is yeah. the faith in Jesus Christ. And also, and the yeah. way you act yes. from your faith in Jesus Christ. My other question for that is, what about all the laws where it's backed up by death? Where, oh, if you... If your um, child's disobedient. Yeah, or if you sleep with your neighbor's wife, um, just, like, die. Or if you like, mislead someone. <laughs> oh, no, that's from Jesus, to tie a millstone around your neck. Yeah. But all, all those laws are teachings that are backed up by punishment of death. Sounds, sounds like a law. I'd be dead. Uh, I'll be honest, I'd be dead. Probably for a couple things. <laughs> So that's why it's crazy. I don't know what my answer for that would be. Well, because yeah, uh, I know there's I know there's a verse that just straight up says something about it, and it's like uh, I don't even want to search it up. But basically, we live by we live by our faith, not by the law. Oh yeah, it We're says that anything faith, that doesn't come from faith is. Wait, what did oh, you sorry, say? I'm, I'm thinking about the one from Paul, and I bring this up pretty often. It's about them laying meat on the altar, and they're. Oh, is this like, a filthy rags one? I I don't think so. It's. Uh, or that's somewhere completely. Like different. they're asking questions if it's okay to eat the meat on the altar that was oh! made for idols. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Is that maybe it's Corinthians, where it's like you don't. Oh. I actually no. That's about not pretty. stumbling. Not causing your neighbor neighbor to stumble, oh, yeah, stumble yeah. like if they're vegetarian or not. But okay, I think there's one verse that maybe I just cut this part out. No, you take your time, and while you think about that, I'll tell you guys once again how important is it to trust God and all these things? Ooh, because that's a big one. As we begin to be more like, I might be stretching it here, but the law helps us. The law for the Israelites, right? the law was made for them was to help them be holy and keep in step with Christ and so now that Jesus or not Christ but keep in step with God their Yahweh and so for us now as Gentiles and people and just post post resurrection like the, the what happened the veil was torn from top to bottom or bottom to top or where you know the veil was torn Meaning his and his spirit was released on all people. And so the thing is when we when we have the faith and strive to be more like Christ, to fix our fix our eyes on the things that he is and all this stuff, we we begin to act more like him. So regardless is like 
don't murder your neighbor like that like that kind of law like if you're acting more like jesus you probably won't end up murdering your neighbor but it's not only because it's the law but because you love god and i don't know i feel like i'm rambling but basically what i'm trying to say is the more you probably act like christ like christ the more it seems to naturally come out of you that you're not breaking all these laws, basically. Oh, I found it. Oh, okay, okay, let's hear it. No need to cut that out, dude. We were just a quick little break. Romans 14.23, but whoever has doubt is condemned if he eats, because the eating is not from faith. For whatever does not proceed from faith is sin. So if you're not living out the law from faith, then it doesn't count. And if I'm being really... Um, oh, you're just living it out out of obligation kind of yeah. vibe? And But whatever does not pro- proceed from faith is sin. So if you live out the law not from faith, then that's still sin. <laughs> I hope I'm not leading <laughs> no, the wrong no, way. Read it, one more time. <laughs> read it one more time. Okay, Romans 14, 23 says, But whoever has doubt is condemned if he eats. Because the eating is not from faith, for whatever does not proceed from faith is sin. I've interpreted interpreted that as like if it's not really a sin, or if you don't know and you still do it, like if you go against your own belief judgment that it's a sin. Yeah, because for those and you do it, it's a sin. Yeah, because for those eating, I mean, for those listening, like explain the eating part, because it's not just about if you eat a pop tart or if you eat a granola bar or something. There's a significance to the law about eating and things like that. I believe in this verse, you know, they gave meats and flesh to God on the altar. But I don't know how to summarize. That's okay. Just read. Wait, does it say it right above it? Wait, what? Accept other believers who are weak in faith and don't argue with them about what is right or what is wrong. For instance, one person believes it's all right to eat anything, but another believer with a sensitive conscience will only eat vegetables. Those who feel, oh yeah, so they are kind of vegetarians. Those who feel free to eat anything must not look down on those who don't. All those who don't eat certain foods must not condemn who do, for God has accepted them. They are them. Who are you to condemn someone else's servants? Their own masters will judge whether they stand or fall. And with the Lord's help, they will stand and receive his approval. Basically, don't be so legalistic at the end of the day. Because I know this isn't talking about, I know this isn't just like, oh, I'm only going to eat vegetables because the law told me to. But it is, I mean, it's just their own sensitive conscience. And I think with, with other people and other Christians, we shouldn't have to crack the whip on every single little thing because then it comes down to that that faith thing like you were saying like maybe they're breaking their own moral moral code by like eating the veggies or something i don't know (laughs) oh yeah because look at this verse five wait what verse were you even in romans 14 23 23 i guess it hasn't okay i I looked up the meat on the altar thing and it's in first corinthians 8 13 so okay so yeah i know that one but the Bible in its context, I bet there's a way that they're all connected. Because, like, or, can I just read it? Yeah, I go, go. Yeah, I'm bad at summarizing. But verse 5 says, In the same way, 
Some think one day is more holy than another day, while others think every day is alike. Shout out to that weird cult place that you were talking about earlier. Don't sue us. It says, you should each be fully convinced that whichever day you choose is acceptable. Those who worship the Lord on a special day do it to honor him. Those who eat any kind of food do so to honor the Lord, since they give thanks to God before eating. And those who refuse to eat certain foods also want to please the Lord and give thanks to God. For we don't live for ourselves or die for ourselves. If we live, it is to honor the Lord, and if we die, it is to honor the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. Come on! Christ died and rose again for this very purpose, to be Lord both of the living and the dead. So why do you condemn another believer? Why do you look down on another believer? Remember, we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. For the scriptures say, As surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bend to me, and every tongue will declare allegiance to God. Holy smoky the bear, that is such a banger. Where is that? In Isaiah? Isaiah 49, 18 is what it says, the reference. Yes, each of us will give a personal account to God. So let's let's stop condemning each other because it's a personal account that we give to God. And so I think at the end of the day, God's going to ask the question, did you do it for me or did you do it for you? Mm. And that's the thing where you got to be honest with yourself. Like, did I do it for God or did I do it for me? And so when you wake up every morning and you do anything, ask yourself the question, man, I'm going to start asking myself this question. Yeah. It's like, am I doing this for God or am I doing this for me? Because I know a lot I of things I'm doing for me right now. And I don't know if this is going off tangent with uh, asking that question of, oh, am I doing this for the right reasons or am I doing this out of pride? Because sometimes I'll think about like, oh, I want to go to church right now. Or like, am, I just doing, am, I, am I just doing it to, mm-hmm. I don't know, hang out with my friends or am I doing it to be with Jesus? Yeah. Or like how people will come to youth or connect group like, oh, am I here to just flirt with a bunch of boys and girls or am I just, or am I really here to spend time with God? Mm. Like where's the intentions, intentions of your heart? Yeah. Such a deep one. Truly. <laughs> Truly. And so the question is, why God? Okay, yeah. Let's get to that hour mark. We wrapping it up. I'm sorry for everybody who typed in the questions. We had a list of them. We we'll, got, we'll get to them. We got to one so far. <laughs> we'll get to them. <laughs> we will get to them. Shout out to DJ. We will get to them. The fearfully and wonderfully made. Now you're waiting for it. Yeah. Which who who knows? That could be the whole entire hour next week. It but probably will. <laughs> it I, it will for sure. But at the end of the day, this is the question, and I love that this is the question because it's the heartbeat. It's like why God. And I think it's like, why, God, should I have faith in you? Why should I worship you? Why should I choose to follow you like this? And why should I not? Why should I care more about you than the rules? But you made the rules. And that's the answer right there. It's like God made the rules. Why should I follow God and not just live in his grace? It's like, because he is the source of the grace. Like he is the source of life. He is the source of everything. And it's like everything else is uh, maybe not a counterfeit of him, but everything else is an offshoot of him. All things are made through him. All things are made for him. All, all these things. Mm-hmm. Everything is, I'm not saying everybody's God. That's culty. But what I'm saying is that God 
is in total control of all of it. And yet you would, in, in my imagination, it would be like this big guy with a hammer fist just dictating and ruling over everything. But yet he's so relational yeah. and he's so loving and he's so gracious and he's so kind and he's so present for you at any time that you want to call, like, like, like seek him and you'll find rest. Like, oh, come on. Like, it's just things like that. It's like, but why do you, what, what do you need rest from? From the fears of the world or do you just need some rest? Like, ask yourself, why do I do this? Is it because I really have the faith in him or do mm. I just want a quick fix right now? Or do, do I just want the satisfaction of my flesh? Yes. Like, like, I don't know. And I think it comes down to the thing. Like, what is your number one main priority? What is your focus? It should be it. You're best off. I'm not even going to like assume that you should have a thing, but you you are best off if you make your number one priority, Jesus and God and live in the Holy Spirit and walk in that faith and believing who yeah. he is. And maybe that's, that's the real why God question for this. For this episode is not exactly why God, but why, why God do I do the things that I do? And what, why God, what intentions are behind the things mm-hmm. that I do and the things that I say and the way I live out my life? Is it just to follow the law? Is it just to boast my own pride? Or is it for you and chasing your kingdom? Oh the thing about legalism and working for God without the intentions of God behind it, without that drive, that motivation from God and that calling, that leads to burnout. And that leads to, it's just fake. (laughs) And when you're working with youth, you're working with kids or with anybody really, they can point out a fake person immediately. And if you're not about it, they will eat you alive. (laughs) These kids will eat you alive. No filter. If your intention, if your heart is not rooted in God, if it's not planted in a firm foundation, you're about to get shaken up real quick. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Christ is my firm foundation. Copyrighted. Oh, sorry. Anyways, thank you for listening and taking thank the time you. to hear. Love you. Praise God. Should we pray it out? Or, dear God, thank you for this day. Thank you for this time. Thank you for who you are. I pray everybody listening would just have their eyes fixed on you. And that you would just hmm, communicate the way you want to communicate. Lord, have your way. We love you. Praise you. Thank you for all that you're doing. You are God of God, Lord, Lord, King of Kings. Love you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. On the Why God Podcast.